Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in His kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now with over a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey there, you know, today is going to be a fun, fun episode. We're actually going to be talking to a friend of mine who I've not talked to in over, I think over 20 years, Charles Sepiel. We were both worship leaders back in Atlanta uh, when God was doing some amazing, amazing things uh, back at a church we were both involved in. And both of us have gone our own way, but both now involved in entrepreneurship and in uh, helping people just to connect with all that God's called them to be. He's just started a brand new company called Charlie Joe Chai. And you're going to be amazed at the journey that the Lord has taken him over, uh, taking him on in the last 20 plus years to get him to this place. It's just a real, real confirmation to me how God is always working all things together for our good because he loves us. He's called us according to his purposes, and he's using the desires of our heart and the things that he's already put inside of us to bring glory to him, to let us walk in the abundant life that he's He's called us to, and also to release kingdom transformation and influence in whatever we're doing. So you're going to love today's uh, interview with my friend Charles. Be sure to click the link that is right here in the show notes so that you can find out all about Charlie Joe Chai, all that Charles is doing, and um, you're going to you're going to love it. And uh, I think you're going to be really really inspired by his story as well. Hey, I'm going to get out of the way. Here's my friend Charles Sepiel. Well, hey, my friend, I'm so glad that you are with me on the podcast today. Listen, this is one of those really, really special times where I get to visit with somebody that I've not seen in a long time, uh, Charles Sepiel. Charles, thank you so much, man, for being on the podcast today. Oh, man, it's great to be uh, here with you, Matt. And it's been how many years? A lo- I was just thinking it was like 1999, 2000, maybe. I mean, yeah, we first met in Atlanta at Larry Tomzak's church. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, cause when you've been doing this as long as we have, you know, somebody's like, so tell me your story. And you're like, well, how far do you want to go back? <laughs> go back? But I was like, yeah, I was a, I was a Methodist worship leader and I got filled with the spirit. And then somebody introduced me to Larry Tomzak and you were leading worship at Brownsville and flying up right on the weekends, leading worship at that new church plant that Larry had. And then God brought us together and then y'all transitioned out. I transitioned in. It was like passing ships in the night, but wow. Yeah, that was a wonderful season. And I learned so much from uh, brother Larry, Tom Zach. He was just, he was uh, larger than life and he was the real deal. And uh, I still think of, you know, I'm in situations and I think, what would Larry do I right now? <laughs> <laughs> I hear myself he all the time. I'll, I'll his... say something too. And it's like, that's Larry Thompson. He would say that, you know. <laughs> Chucky baby. Exactly. 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 Well, Charles, awesome. listen, for those folks who uh, are just getting to know you and that sort of thing, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, just hear about your life and let everybody know the incredible things that you're doing. But, you are you are just one of these polymath type of people. I mean, not only a musician and a worshiper, but now an entrepreneur. We kind of want to want to go through that. But I want you 
if you will, to tell the story as we get started of how you came to the Lord, because I love that story and just how God met you in such an incredible way. Can we, can we start that way? Yeah, that's the best place to start. So I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I started singing in bars when I was 13 years old and I was the furthest thing from a Christian. And, you know, every night out there just, you know, you know, playing my piano and, and whether it was like a piano one man show or with, you know, Led Zeppelin tribute bands, you name it, I've done every, every, every kind of music. And then when I was 19, I won the Cleveland Star Search uh, singing contest, whatever. And then I moved to New York City to pursue music, you know, full blown. Yeah. And uh, so one day I was walking down Times Square and there was a man preaching about Jesus. And I was like, get out of my face, because there's always someone yelling about something on Times Square. And uh, but for some reason, there was something so genuine, so authentic. Now I know it's the Holy Spirit yeah. that was in this man. And and literally, I could not move my feet. It was like um, it it was I don't know. He just he was talking about man's desperate need for a savior. Mm. And uh and so I, I was like on my way to meet with the record company. I wanted to get a deal as a songwriter. And I looked, you know, I had to be somewhere. So I stayed for about 10 minutes. And then I was making my way through the crowd. If you've ever been to Times Square, yeah. there's always, you know, thousands of people. And I was about 25 feet away and I felt a tap on my shoulder. And it was the man that was preaching. <laughs> and he left the small crowd that he was preaching. And he said, I noticed that you were really paying attention. I said, I was. And he said, have you ever read the Bible? And I said, I never read the Bible. And so he reached in his pocket. He gave me a little green Gideon's Bible. And he started to hand it to me. And I went to grab it, but he didn't let it go. And he goes, now you promise you're going to read it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll read it. Yeah. You promise? And I said, I will read it. And he looked at me with these blue eyes, yeah. and like look right through me. And uh, so I took it. And so I was living in uh, an apartment with uh, my buddy from high school, a little Italian guy named Joey. And he was going to be a, a professional dancer, like a choreographer, okay. choreographer. Yeah. And I was going to be, you know, songer, singer, singer, songwriter. And uh, I was bad, but Joey was even worse. And when he, when he saw me bring the Bible in and put it on the bookshelf, he was like, why did you bring that Bible in here? What are you going to be a priest? And I was like, no, I just told this guy I was going to read it. Now, what am I going to do? And I remember yeah. walking past the bookshelf and I didn't start reading it. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, what do you what if I lie about reading the Bible? I might get struck <laughs> really by lightning. <laughs> so I started reading it. And Matt, the first verse that I remember reading, it, it had the words of Jesus in red. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. Mm. And he who is not gathering with me is scattering. Wow. And I grew up Catholic. I thought I'm a good guy, but I was like, I am not with Jesus. That means I'm against him. I'm definitely not gathering with Jesus. That means I'm scattering. It kind of put a line in the sand and it caused me to think of whose side am I on? And then I thought of every night in the bar, I'm getting paid to scatter. Whatever God's trying to do in these people's lives, I'm going behind them and I'm, I'm scattering it because mm, mm. the, 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 the more crazy I could get the bar, the more tips in my tip jar, the, hap- the more drinks they were selling, the happier the bar owner was. So I was getting paid to scatter. And when I read that verse, I couldn't do it anymore with all the gusto 
that I had once done it. And I kept reading, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Yeah. The old is gone and behold, the new has come. Because listen, I was trying to change because I had this most amazing girlfriend back in Cleveland that I was trying to be faithful to. And I just, I, I was just out of control. I would, I, I'd wake up in the morning. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror because I was just living, you know, just, you know, I was bad. Yeah. And I would go to bed at night and that verse if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Mm. Uh, and I felt like I was saying, Charles, let me make you a new creation. Uh, You're trying to change. Let me make you a new creation. So finally, August 9th, 1990, I said, Jesus, come into my life. Make me a new creation. I don't want to scatter anymore. I want to be with you. I don't want to scatter. I want to gather. And that's my life since 1990. How so can incredible. I gather with Jesus? Whether whatever it is, whether it's music or it's art or it's youth ministry or it's missions or now it's chai, whatever it is, <laughs> I'm going to use that. What's that in your hand? I'm going to use that to yeah. gather. That is my life's purpose. And then I found out a couple of years later, my middle name, Joseph, means he will gather. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so God knew from the foundation when my mom named me Charles Joseph, you know, that I was to gather. Come on. And so anyway, when I was my mom was happy with me, she would call me Charlie Joe. That was my nickname. And uh, so we just started this company. I don't even it, I mean, that's a whole story in itself. But I, I, I named it Charlie Joe in honor of my mom who I passed away a couple of years ago. I love that. So. But it's all so, about gathering. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's the beautiful thing about wherever we find ourselves in the kingdom is that God wants to use that as this as this demonstration of the kingdom, right? Whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's in your art or whatever. I'm I'm interested before we get into the how you started Charlie Joe Chai and all that because I can smell it already. I'm like, this is going to be great. This is we need to smell. Oh, it. I, sh <laughs> I should have brewed some for you. That's right. That's right. Right here. I'm interested though. What did you do? So your early 90s, here you are, you're a professional musician, you get saved. What did you do? Did you go back? Were you still okay, in so bars? Were you I, so I came back to Cleveland. I actually didn't get saved in New York. I, I, there was a month where I was going to be in between apartments because Joey was moving to Los Angeles and my buddy Mikey was going to move out to New York. We were going to get a different apartment. But there was a month there where I, I didn't, I just came back to Cleveland. And I have an older brother, Tony, and uh, who's uh, made, I saw the transformation in his life. He got saved at the Billy Graham crusade in Cleveland in 1977, I think it was. And so when I came back to Cleveland, I said, Tony, you're not going to believe this. I'm reading the Bible and it's, I really want to learn more. And he goes, well, come, let's talk about what it means to be a Christian. So my girlfriend and my best friend, Mikey, the three of us went over his house for a Bible study. During that month, I was home and uh, and he said, well, why don't we do it's like a four week Bible study. It's about the how, what it means to be a Christian. And so the last one was August 9th, 1990. And on that last Bible study, I gave my life to Christ. My girlfriend gave her life to Christ and my best friend, Mikey, all three of us, we got saved together. Wow, wow. And I knew that I, I couldn't go back to singing in bars. And so I went back to New York. I got my stuff that was in storage and I came back. And my buddy, Mikey, and I was my musical partner, Michael Cavanaugh. He's an amazing singer, uh, songwriter. So we stopped singing in bars and we started singing for youth groups. And we started, you know, singing 
you know, any anywhere there was a, this is like the early 90s. And then we, you know, started doing like some of these Christian festivals and opening up for people. But it was like, you know what? I love music, but the music started meaning less and less to me. I didn't really care about the music. I cared about talking to the teenagers because mm-hmm. I wanted to help them not make all the bad decisions I made. Yeah. And there was one church, their youth pastor left and they called. They said, Charles, can you just come and be there on Wednesday? Because the ki- I was just 20 years old. Right? right. They said the kids can really relate to you. And I was like, yeah, I love it. So I came and for six months I was just there helping, just having fun and telling the kids about Jesus. And and then six months later, they said, we want to hire you as our full time youth pastor. They said that we know you don't have a degree. The last guy had a degree but he didn't have the heart. You have the heart and we'll help you get it, but we'll help you get a degree. So they put me through four years of Bible school and I was their youth pastor and it was totally amazing. And I laid down music for five years, Matt, because I needed to get that out of my system. Yeah. Because you know, when you, well, when you sing in bars and you're, you're known for that, it's like, it's so much in your identity, this performance thing. And I had to get that performance thing out of my system. And it was until years later, kind of amazing. I went, I, I, I went down to the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry to finish my, my studies. And they were having a trip to India. And at the meeting, Dr. Brown said, I have a cassette of Telugu songs. Who wants to volunteer to learn these songs in Telugu? And I remember I raised my hand. I don't even know why. I remember looking at my hand saying, what are you crazy? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and he put this cassette in my hand and we had a team of 50 students. And my job was to teach the students how to sing in this language, Telugu, of, wow. the, of the region of India we were going to. And I came home and I told my wife, Jenny, remember my girlfriend that got saved? She's my wife now. We got married and and we've been married for 27 years only because of Jesus, because yes. he transformed both of our lives. And then we worked in youth ministry together. And then we went down to Brownsville. And I said, Jenny, I, I'm going to learn the songs in Telugu and teach the team. She's like, you're what? Are you crazy? So I put this cassette in and I remember I pressed play and it was like, oh, my gosh, I it was the most unintelligible sound. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble. What have I agreed to? And I said, I prayed, I said, Lord, would you anoint me to learn this language, these songs? And remember, I haven't, I've laid yeah. down music now yeah. and I, okay. And I pressed play and I heard Ka. And I was like, oh, and, oh, the Lord spoke to me, divide and conquer. And he showed me the human mouth can only make so many syllables. And if I could do it syllable by syllable, I could sing in Telugu. So yeah. I pressed play and I heard Ka. So I wrote K-A-H. Lu, L-U, Wa, W-A-H, Re, R-E-E, Kaluari. Now I have my first Telugu word. It means Calvary wow. in their language. Kaluari, Kaluari, Silova, Silova, Lovilova, Nakutele, Senunga, Kalushano, Ba, Paka, Karunano, Chupaga, Nanu, Vera, Kenunga. And I learned these songs. Wow. And I taught the team. <laughs> and we went to India. And we had 50 students, and we showed up and the leader of the ministry, his name is Yesupadam in Vishakapatnam, India, and tears are just streaming down his face. And he said, never in my life have I heard such perfect Telugu coming mm. from white faces. Wow. Wow. And 
we saw whole villages come to Christ with our four little songs because it, it met people where we were, where we, where they were. And then we preached the gospel and we see people breaking off fetishes off their neck and, and saying no to all the other 330 million gods and saying yes to Jesus. We were Mm. gathering, gathering village after village for 21 days. We slept on the roof of the orphanage. And at the end of the trip, Dr. Brown and the missions director, John Cobb, they said, can you do this in other languages? And I said, I could do it in any language because it's just (laughs) phonetics, it's syllables. And so I travel with John Cava for 30 in 30 nations in three years. And we I learned to sing in 15 different languages. So it's just what's that in your hand? I think you have to be a little crazy enough to believe. (laughs) I just love it, though, because the simplicity of you just saying, yes, like you said, what's in your hand? Let me just go with this. I mean, God anoints that. I'm, I'm just thinking, too, of, you know, Roll the tape back, Larry Tomzak. If we if we heard it one time, we heard a million divine appointments, right? I mean, God is a God of divine appointments. That as you say yes, and you look at what's in your hand, and you start walking, He's intersecting your path with the right person at the right time. And your life, I mean, as I've you know, honestly, guys, like as you're listening to this on the podcast, we've not talked in uh, a long time, twenty plus years. Over- seriously yeah it's a long time it's a long time but you know you watch each other on facebook that sort of thing and it's amazing as i've watched your life charles i just i just say wow lord he just keeps saying yes and you just keep taking him i mean i think i saw you doing that kind of stuff with you know school of ministry you know uh, mr kava and dr brown all this and then you know our paths kind of diverge and then next thing i know i'm like He's with Daniel Kalinda in Ghana. Like, there's a gajillion people out there. Like, how did all that happen, Charles? I mean, what what was going on? Okay, wait, wait I got to insert one other yeah, story yeah. in here. Okay, because we don't know what's behind our yes. Yes. But but God knows. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, right about the time I met you, we were praying about moving to Atlanta to be with Larry Tomczak. Yes. And we just didn't feel like it was what the Lord. Had. I, here's another thing I learned from Larry Tomczak. When you're faced with a decision, you, three questions. Is it God's will? Is it God's will for me? And is it God's will for me now? Mm. The timing has to be right. And I yeah. learned that from Larry. And as we prayed about Atlanta, is it God's will that uh, there would be worship in Atlanta? Of course. Is it God's will for me to be there? Maybe, but yeah. it, at that time it wasn't. There was a season we we flew there for about two years. Yeah. But Dr. Brown asked us to move back to New York City to be a part of the school of ministry they were planting. And we felt like that's where we were supposed to be at that uh, appointed time. So yeah. it was a year after 9-11. It was, not, it was September 11th, 2002, one year yeah. The wow. one year anniversary that we we planted uh, the school there, it was the call school of ministry, New York, and later it became the fire school of ministry, New York. And it was the first day of school, September 11th, 2002. And I went and I stood in the place in Times Square where the man preached to me all those years ago. And I stood there and I just bawled my eyes out because I was thanking God yeah. that he sent this man who was obedient to preach there, even though people were lit, making fun of him and walking right past him and not listening. But he stood there saying, man has a desperate need for a savior. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. So then I went to school that day, the first day of school. And I told Dr. Brown, I said, I was just in Times Square and I was standing in the place where the man preached to me. And I was reliving that moment. And as I'm telling him this, 
There's another guy. He comes up, he goes, when was this? I said, this was March of 1990. And he said, oh, because I used to be the pastor of prayer at Times Square Church with David Wilkerson. And I lived in the back of the church. And every day I would go out and preach and hand out those little green Bibles. And I looked at the man, I said, I just remember the guy had blue eyes, just like you, and a big green parka winter coat. And he said, yes, I had a big green parka. That was me. And we just fell into each other's arms. This is the man that preached to me. And he, his name is Charles Simpson. He's from the hills of Tennessee. And God called them to be a missionary in Times Square. And he was a spiritual son of David Wilkerson. And he, we, he was the head of pastoral care at the school. So we worked together every day and we go out on the street and preach. Oh my God. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. That was his yes. He said yes. yes, that he would go to the South Bronx and plant churches in uh, the late 80s and 90s. And then wow. David Wilkerson took him under his wing. Wow. You just never know the life of one person. There, yes, how it spurs yours and yours and yours and the countless ripple effects of, of, of going on. So, oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I know. I incredible. Know. I, so. I want to get to what you're doing now, but tell me real quick, you and Daniel got to get, Kalinda got Well, together. so I went to school with Daniel Kalinda yes, at Brownsville, right. and I, I was like 27. I had already been a youth pastor for seven years. He was 17. But at Brownsville, God gave me a real heart for all these young people because I was a youth pastor. Yeah, yeah. And I would always check on people, make sure they're doing good, and just love on these young kids. And Daniel was one of them. And I, he he remembered me and called me in Colorado, where, where we happen to be living, where we're living right now. And he said, Charles, Reinhardt has handed the ministry over to me. And I'm out here, you know, and I keep imagining you next to me leading worship with this sea of people. Would you ever yeah. want to come and do that? I said, well, yeah, let me pray about it. Yes. Yeah, let me pray about it. Right. <laughs> and so I got to uh, minister with him for about three years. And then I worked for the ministry and helping with worship and raising up, uh, uh, working with major donors who were uh, giving to the ministry. And it's amazing. During this time, I met so many amazing people that had been giving to Reinhard Bonnke and Daniel Kalenda for 30 years. And these were entrepreneurs and business owners. And I got to go there and fly there and meet with them and hear their story. And I was like, man, these are like God's secret yeah. green berets of, that are amazing. And I got inspired. And honestly, I think that's part of the reason why I had the courage to start this business that I did because I met with these people and I saw, you know what? They're people just like me, sure. but they said, yes. Yeah. They yeah. said yes to something so crazy. And so uh, right about that time, Reinhard Bonnke passed away in December and there was a shift in the ministry. They wanted uh, our family to move to Orlando to be a part of the, what they're, what's going on there now. And we wanted to, we prayed about it. And, you know, I've moved my family many times for ministry, but I just couldn't get a yes from God. God has to say yes too. And so we said, okay, Lord, we don't know why, but you're calling us to stay in Colorado. We don't. And then COVID hit. And, uh, I had a job lined, I had a job lined up, but then there was a hiring freeze because of COVID. And so some friends said, well, a dear friend of mine and a couple others, they said, Charles, well, you should start a chai company. 
because nobody makes chai like you. And I'm like, mm. are you crazy? See, back when I went to India in the 1998, India, all, those ago, <laughs> all those years ago, I had already been, a, a, a while I was a youth pastor, I also worked as a barista and a juice bartender just as a side job because I love making drinks. And my goal was to master every drink, every coffee shop drink. And so when I went to India and I tasted this epiphany of flavor, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to learn to make this. So I've been working on my chai recipe for 20 years, just for fun. I never dreamed of starting a chai business. I made chai for my wife every morning for like 20 years. And so when I lost my job and my friend said, you should start a chai company and then COVID hit, I thought, well, maybe I should try. Yes. It really felt like the Lord was leading. And so I started making chai in my kitchen and taking it to neighbors and friends and everyone that tasted it were like, oh my gosh, this is the best chai ever. Because there's nothing like it in America. It doesn't taste like something you would get from Starbucks. It's I'm making authentic Indian chai. Yeah. And so my buddy says to me, you know, I have a friend that has a chain of coffee shops. He has their 37 shops. And if he tastes this, he's going to want this in all his coffee shops. And I said, well, let's go meet him. Yeah. And I made chai for him. And he was like, oh, my gosh, the best chai I ever had in my life. <laughs> he goes, but I need 4000 gallons a month. Can you do that? And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> By faith. right? <laughs> and so for the last year, we've been learning about the food industry and scaling up. And we just started two weeks ago in Ziggy's Coffee in 37 locations in five states. And they have another 90 stores that are already being built. So by this time next year, we might be in 200 stores. And it's just taken off. And the favor of God is on this. We call it the, you ever see Nacho Libre? Yeah. Where he is. (laughs) Did you not tell them that they were the Lord's Chiefs? (laughs) Well, this is the Lord's Chai. The Lord's Chai. (laughs) (laughs) And my prayer is that when people taste this chai, they say, surely there must be a God because this was not made by man because it's all about the spices. And I call it the seven wonders of the spice world Uh, that God made. And so I've become a student of every one of these spices and the health benefits of these spices like cloves have the most antioxidant of any food on the planet. They say if you get two cloves a day, you're like set. And wow. our chai has three and a half cloves per serving. And then number two is cinnamon. And we, of course, we have cinnamon in our chai. So right. that's, that's, that's how we started this Charlie Joe chai. You know, the thing I love, taken off. the thing I love, Charlie, I'm just thinking about my own journey with this. And when the Lord called me to raise up an army of artists and all that, I had, I had done all this stuff, good stuff for the Lord, all that kind of thing. But I had this, other, my baskets and my art had always been like your chai. It's the thing that I was doing over here on the side that I loved, but it was like, oh yeah, but that that's not a thing because it doesn't look this way or or I couldn't, I didn't have any context for it. But it's like, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And it's like so many people that I see experiencing what you're experiencing, what I've had, you know, privilege of experiencing and, and kind of walking in this beautiful place of provision and fulfillment it's not just one thing. It's like the Lord brings your whole life together. It's like this convergence. And that's what I'm just hearing in your story is that the Lord for the last, all these years, you know, has just been sowing and weaving the story of Charles and Jenny into this beautiful thing. And now for entrepreneurship and 
you know, not only influence the people, but building wealth and, and all of that to do the things that, that God's called you. I mean, it, it's just kind of mind blowing in it to look and to see how all the pieces have, have come together. And God has brought the right person at the right time, yeah. because it's one thing to make chai in your kitchen, exactly. but to scale it up, it's not just make more, there's a whole process. Yeah. And so check this out. Another piece of the puzzle, my older brother, Tony, who I told you about, who led me to the Lord, yeah. he was the COO of Vitamix for 15 years, the blender company. And he met, he knows so many people in the food industry. And when I told him about this opportunity, he said, well, you know, the most important thing in business is that you have a customer yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. have a customer that's asking for 4,000 gallons. And so he connected me with this man, Chef Steve Schmoller. And he is like, he was Alton Brown's teacher in culinary school. Wow. Yeah. And he formulated the Frappuccino for Mc, for uh, Starbucks, okay. the McFlurry for McDonald's, and he invented Uncrustables for Smuckers. So this guy is a genius. He's He was uh, the head of research and development for, um, uh, what's the company? Big food company. I can't think of it right now. Uh, oh, I'll think of it in a second. Yeah. Anyway, big company, big, one of the biggest food uh, companies in the world. And so I called him and he said, wow. Well, he said the same thing. Well, Charles, the most important thing of it is you have a customer. So uh, here's what you need to do. Take it from your kitchen to a commercial kitchen and scale up to 10 gallons. And then once you get to 10 gallons, do it to 20 gallons. And once you get to the 20 gallons, get it to a hundred gallons. And then once you get to 100 gallons, then call me and I'll get to the next step. Wow. And so that's what we did. And it's taken a year. And now we're doing 4,000 gallons. And I'm so thankful because there's a whole process involved. And we've actually come up with some innovations in making chai that no other company has ever done. And it's all about the spices. I'll just yeah. tell you that much. Yeah. You know, yeah. brewing tea is brewing tea. I mean, that's not that difficult. But I did find the best tea in that I think in the world. Uh, most of the ninety percent of the tea in India is from the Assam region, and so we are working directly with one plantation, a, a big plantation that's family owned, and it's called Rungajan in Assam. And uh, I've become such good friends with them. I Facetime with them. Uh, the young man's name is Rohit. He's like the nephew of the owner. And we're supposed to go in there in December. And God has given us favor there. We're going to go there and tour the plantation and make sure that they're treating their workers good and giving them a good wage and everything's, you know, kosher. I love it. Yeah. So now we're building relationships with uh, spice plantations and tea plantations. And so this is all for the gospel. Yeah. Charles, what would you say to somebody, you know, that, they're all in for their art. They believe God can speak to them creatively, that sort of thing. But then when it comes to the entrepreneurial side, sometimes I see it all the time in artists that we work with, you know, there's this disconnect because sometimes people are just like, I see how God could use me for ministry or in the creative realm or in signs and wonders, but I, I can't quite get an idea about how God wants to use me and speak to me the same way that he's speaking to me in, in worship or speaking to me in my creative process. He can speak to me and wants to speak to me like that as I build my business and as I step into the entrepreneurial realm. So 
what would you say to that person? Because the same God is speaking in, in both realms. There's, there's no difference in the Lord. It's, it's just a, it's a different realm that he's wanted to speak in into your life, right? That's a great question. And it's so true because, you know, religion is when we try to take God and we put him, oh, you stay here in this box. Yeah. But God wants to be in everything and he That's wants right. to be in our art and he wants to be in our food and he wants to be in our child. He wants to be in our businesses because he has wisdom in all things yeah. and endless creativity in all things. And so, it, you know, it says in Psalms, it says, I have set the Lord always before me. So if you set the Lord before you, and we have made it a goal, even in our, we want to show the world what a spirit-filled company looks yeah, like. Come on. And so we want to hear from God and God, what do we do in this situation? And, and you know what? I, tr I was making it fresh with my, uh, with fresh ground spices on my stovetop and my buddy, he said, Charles, you got to make a concentrate because they won't be able to do that in the Ziggies. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want to make a concentrate because they're all terrible. And I tried making it a couple of times. A concentrate, it didn't work. And then in the middle of the night, I felt like God gave me this epiphany of a new way to do it. And I woke up at like four in the morning and I'm there making it and, ma and I made a concentrate and I felt like the Lord showed me how yeah, to do on. it. Yeah. Because he's he's the Lord of all. And he's the Lord of the spices and he knows that he made these things. I love it. And so we have to pray. And, and you know what? Uh, there's a, a saying in Latin, coram Dio, coram Deo. And it means in the presence of God. Mm. And listen, each one of us has 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We all have the same amount of time, but we have to make a conscious decision that I want to live and walk coram Dio in the yeah. presence of God. Yeah. And I always want to be listening. What is the Lord saying? What are you saying about this, Lord? And, you know, and, and as I was a youth pastor, the most important thing I could, and in Bible school, I learned this, the most important thing we could teach anybody is to discern and listen to the yeah. voice of God. Amen. And we learn that through his word. We learn what his voice sounds like. And so he wants to speak to us about what to do in business. And he wants us to, and a lot of, uh, you know, so much of business is relational and he's the master of relations. Yep. And so how to treat people, how to encourage people, how to speak into their life. But and we got to be innocent as doves and shrewd as snakes. And especially I'm in this business. So I have to be very careful because sure. chai business is mostly new age and mostly, you know, this kind of, you know, create, I, so I'm coming in there. This is the Lord's child. <laughs> and uh, so I have to, I have to be very wise and, you know, it's loving God and loving people and yeah. treating people the way you would want to be treated. That's right. That's and right. so who can, who can argue with that? I love it. I love it. Charles, I want you to pray for everybody as, as we okay. end today, because you carry such an anointing for joy and breakthrough and just this wild abandon to say, yes, to the Lord. And I know that there are so many people out there right now that are holding an idea or holding a dream in their heart, and they just don't know where to go next with that. And I just believe as you pray today, the Lord's going to begin to give people revelation uh, yes. about that. So can you just, can you just release Yes. That? Yes. And I heard somebody say this once, sometimes we're not sure what the Lord wants us to do. Look in your suitcase, 
Mm. What did God pack in your suitcase? That's a oh, good. That's a, a a tip on what we're supposed to do. That's right. And uh, He put art in your suitcase, Matt, and that's this right. creativity and music. And you didn't ask for it; it's just there. Yeah. And you were doodling since you were a kid, and that was in your suitcase. So being true to that. So what I ask is, I pray for you. What is in your suitcase? Mm. What does God already equip you with? Yeah. And then, so Lord, I just thank yeah. you. It says that you have given gifts to men and women. And Lord, first of all, your your salvation is the greatest gift. And your presence is the greatest gift. And as we partake of those gifts, life happens. And we, we, inspiration happens. And when we have a heart to say, God, I want to gather with you. What do you, what, how can you use me to gather? And then he shows you what's in your suitcase that he put there from the beginning. Mm. So Lord, I just pray for just revelation of this. I pray for aha moments where you're like, Oh, that's why God gave me this. And that's why God said this. And that's why God had me meet this person. And there would be a sunesis, a connecting of the dots. And people would walk in those callings in courage. And I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus for my brothers and sisters that they would take courage in the gifts that God has put in, in them, and they would be faithful. They wouldn't bury them. Mm. They would use them in the sphere of influence that they have right now. What Right now, yeah. don't wait and be faithful to it and master it. Mm. And then trust the Lord of the harvest to open up the doors yeah. as they do it joyfully unto the Lord. And Lord, Lord, our lives are in your hands. You're faithful, you're trustworthy, and you're a never-ending source. And you have all the connections in the world. And so I pray that we would walk in you. I just pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray for new gifts, new talents, and just for uh, a special anointing to say yes. Fearlessly say yes. Yes. And thank you, Lord, for the open doors, Mm -hmm. Lord, because you have a lost and hurting world out there that you are so excited about reaching in many different creative ways, in a myriad of ways. And you're looking for those that say, here am I, send me. What's that? And he says, what's that in your hand? And so trust you. We love you. I thank you for Matt right now. I thank you for his faithfulness to the vision. He Mm -hmm. is faithful to the heavenly calling that God has given him to be a father in the arts. And I just thank you, God, that you're going to bring more and more people to hear this message so that they could be edified, built up, equipped, raised up and sent out courageously into the harvest that is white. And I just bless Matt. I bless all the hearers of this podcast. Be blessed and that the joy of the Lord be your strength in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Charles Sepio, what a guy. I I just have. I, man, I love connecting with you again and uh, give Jenny our love. And all Wherever in Colorado, <laughs> look me up and uh, look for our chai and Ziggy's coffee uh, right now in five states, but in a couple of years, in 20 states, they already have uh, stores sold in 20 states. So wow. coming to North Carolina, the Raleigh. Right down in the show notes so people can grab that and find out all the stuff okay. on social and all that. So Okay. Thank you. Awesome. CharlieJoeChai.com. All right. Love you, Matt. Thanks, Charles. Love you, you. brother. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 
Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.